Nobody wants to watch Lance Armstrong do comedy. Welcome to Quarantinema, a.k.a. Quarantinema, a.k.a. Quarantine Enema, the only podcast where we don't know how to say the name of the show. My name is Connor Sullivan. Thank you very much for joining us today. It is Friday. We have gotten through another week. Congratulations. Give yourselves a round of applause, everyone. Uh, last episode, like, I, I, so if you listened to the last episode, it was Full Metal Jacket, and I was I, I was drinking the Haterade that day. I don't know, I don't know what it was. I, maybe I was just in a bad mood. Uh, or I, well, I, well, I didn't enjoy the movie, as I said, but uh, now I'm going to try to be a little more optimistic today, uh, even though we're talking about a movie that I think is in the okay, you know, it, okay, so we're talking about Funny People, um, Judd Apatow's movie from 2009 with Seth Rogen, Adam Sandler, uh, Leslie Mann, Aubrey Plaza, Jason Schwartzman, Jonah Hill, and probably every celebrity that ever existed has a cameo in this movie. Um, and I think it's in the, it's definitely in the lower tier of like the Apatow era of dominance that we've talked about so many times. Uh, you know, think of, it, it probably starts with 40 year old virgin. Uh, and then it kind of runs like up to this movie. I don't want to say it's like a landmark, like this was the end of like an era of funny, but like it would kind of just like put a, not, not a halt because Judd, Judd Apatow is obviously gone and, you know, he's kept making successful movies after this, but like. It was kind of like the beginning of like, okay, this like, this era is just like coming to an end. You know the, uh, you, you know like the forgetting Sarah Marshalls of the world, the super bads, the, um, jeez, uh, uh, Pineapple Express, all this stuff. Like, it all like, it, it okay. You know what it was? It's because Seth Rogen got skinny. That's when that's when this era started to kind of go downhill hill a little bit. Uh, but anyway, I'm not saying that you know as a knock on the movie. It's it is a decent movie. It is painfully long for a comedy. Um, it's just some, there's just something about comedies that you know they like, like we all see movies where it's like you know you're laughing so hard you don't want it to end. Uh, this isn't that kind of movie. This movie's not super super funny from the get go, and uh, it like it is funny. Like there are good jokes in there, uh, but it's this movie's really two movies in one. I think so, and I think this was like you know a common uh, observance of the movie went you know for a lot of people. So uh, if you don't know the plot of the movie, uh, Adam Sandler plays uh, George Simmons. He basically plays a fictionalized version of himself. You know he's this. <coughs> excuse me. Oh boy, <coughs> I had all the pain chips like ten minutes ago, and I guess I'm coughing them back up now. So it's all spicy again. Um, oof, okay. Uh, but anyway, Adam Sandler plays George Simmons, who's, uh, you know, there's parallels with Adam Sandler uh, and his career in there. Uh, George Simmons is this famous comedian slash uh, movie star uh, who's made a bunch of, you know, silly movies over time. And, you know, he's America's funny guy and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, but unfortunately, like, uh, in his home life, he doesn't really have anything. You know, he has, you know, he's sleeping with women that he doesn't care about. Uh, you know, he doesn't really have any close friends. He's alienated from his family and stuff like that. So that part doesn't really mirror Adam Sandler. Uh, but, uh, you know, you see the similarities with, uh, you know, him and his, like, movie career in this. Uh, and right off the bat, uh, he finds out that uh, he has some form of, like, a terminal blood disease. And so he, he's sick. Uh, and he eventually hooks up with... Uh, Seth Rogen, who's an aspiring comedian. He lives alongside Jonah Hill and Jason Schwartzman, who are also comedians. Aubrey Plaza lives across the street from them. Uh, and you see a bunch of, uh, you know, other famous comics in this movie throughout. Aziz Ansari 
uh, has a standout performance. I, well, even though it's really just a cameo. Um, but Adams, uh, so George uh, and Ira, who's Seth Rogen's character, George and Ira, um, Ira starts. Uh, George hires Ira to write jokes for him, uh, and they kind of develop this friendship. But at the same time, uh, in addition to writing jokes for him, he also becomes like his like personal assistant, and you know George is using him as like his best friend, but he's also like the only person that he's telling that he's sick and stuff like that. So it's about him coming to terms. Uh, you know, f- fighting that disease, coming to terms with uh, it's kind of like his own mortality in a sense, and you know he he's taking a closer look at his own life and just observe. You know, he's uh, making changes and progress and all this stuff, and it, it it's that part's funny. Like when it's all like the comedians doing com- comedian things, like it's kind of funny. It actually made me really miss doing stand up comedy. Just uh, you know the atmosphere, the you know some of the stuff you see backstage, uh, the like the the dynamic one thing that I think that they did do a really good job of in this movie is just nailing the dynamic that comedians have with one another especially in a comedic setting um like sitting in the green room just shooting the shit and like uh they, they briefly touch upon you know how uh comedy can be comedians can be very competitive uh, with one another you know I I don't think that's a hot take or anything just you know from my experience there are guys who guys and girls who are you know they're just competitive like they want the better gigs they you know put other comedians down to put themselves ahead uh it's unfortunately you know that's not one of the fun you know the more enjoyable parts of the game but it's, it's part of the game nonetheless um but i think that they do a really good job of uh you know getting just nailing that uh like that atmosphere uh so that that's kind of the first uh half maybe two-thirds of the movie and the last part uh is Adam Sandler reconnecting with an old flame of his played by Leslie Mann, Judd Apatow's wife uh, and she's married to uh, Eric Bana who I'll, I'll touch on him in a little bit uh, and they have their two kids who are played by Judd Apatow's real kids, uh, Mon and Iris Apatow and you know, it's just him like trying to get back with his old flame and uh, you know, just the one that got away trying to win her back and stuff like that and you know, it blows up in his face and uh, all this stuff, but the movie the movie clocks in at over two twenty, like two hours twenty minutes. Like it, it is a long fucking comedy, and based on the two things that I've you know mentioned so far, it's two depressing topics. <laughs> uh, so you know this isn't a this isn't like forty year old virgin or knocked up, uh, you know where they're just zinging you know one liners left and right. Like no, this one's got some more depth to it. It's you know got a little more substance. Uh, George is a tough character to. He's not a hateable character, but like you know, he's, he's a tough guy to root for, uh, just because you know he is he, you know he is kind of an asshole throughout the movie, um, and a lot of his actions like they're not favorable. But at the same time, like you want to see this, you know, this guy, you know, do well or at least like get some some sort of redemption. Uh, oh, sorry, the chips. Oh boy, I got the jalapeno burps. Um, great time to report a, record a podcast. Just a stellar timing on my end. Um, uh, but yes, so like I said, the movie's not, you know, hilarious. It's, uh, I think it's funnier than, you know what? Actually, if you if you look at Judd Apatow's like filmography, I think I haven't seen. So I, I admit I haven't seen uh, King of Staten Island yet. Uh, but I think like. Most of his movies just get like a little less and less funny. Like Forty Year Old Virgin is, I think, his funniest movie, uh, as far as the ones that he directed. 
Uh, he's written a bunch of uh, classics and uh, been a part, uh, you know, been a producer on uh, really everything. In the, you know, the first ten years of the 21st century, it seemed like he had his name on. Um, but yeah, the so like Forty Old Virgin is funniest. I think Knocked Up comes in after that. Then this, then this is Forty. Then Trainwreck. Then was there another one after Trainwreck? I think it was King of Staten Island came after that. But either way, like Judd Apatow is a guy who has a hard time with runtime on his movies. Like, it, like he, I think he like understands that like he's, you know, the it behind the scenes guy in comedy as far as you know writer, director, producer is concerned. So he kind of takes that and just, you know, maybe goes a little too far with it sometimes. Like, there's so many cameos in this movie. Like, like, all right, I'm just gonna list off the ones I can think of: James Taylor, Eminem, Ray Romano, uh, Andy Dick. Uh, oh, jeez. I think uh, David Tell's in there. Norm Macdonald's in there. Uh, I mean, just there's so many people. Uh, Bo Burnham uh, for a little bit. So, like, there's just so many people that... Are Sarah Silverman, like, so many people are just, like, in this movie and don't really do anything to push the plot forward. And they don't really get a bit either. Like, M- like Eminem's bit, like, it- it's... It is kind of a turning point in the movie. Uh, you know, he he's points out to like once George gets all better uh, and everything, and it, the story kind of focuses from you know his him fighting the disease to him trying to get this girl back. I think like Eminem like and I was actually critical of it beforehand uh, before watching this. Or at least I thought I was going to be critical of it. Although the Eminem cameo and I'm kind of you know <laughs> I'm kind of taken away from the point I'm trying to make here. That's kind of like the real, like George's realization. Like Eminem tells him, you know, just like you should have just died. You should have let yourself die. Like, what are you gonna do? Just like fuck another girl who loves you, who doesn't like you. Uh, you know, make another shitty movie and blah blah blah. Just go home to your empty house and this and that. And like that's kind of when George realizes, like, okay, like I got to go get what I want, and that's uh, Leslie Mann's character in this case. So that one is fine. Ray Romano's bit is actually funny too. But like everyone else, like there's just so and like this is like a common theme in Judd Apatow movies is like. He just puts cameos in there from people, and like he just like has them curse. Like I think I think it's this is forty. It's it. Uh, I think it's this is forty where like Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day has like a decent amount of dialogue just randomly. It's just like why? <laughs> like this movie in particular, he has like he gets he puts James Taylor in there, <clears throat> and oh my god, these jalapenos! Uh, he puts James Taylor in there, and you know he has him do dick jokes. Haha, ha. I, I don't know. It's one of like the things that like kind of bugs me about him, and like there's a lot of like com- like Judd Apatow is you know he has a stand-up background, so he has a lot of comedian friends that he's built up over the years, and like he just like wants to throw him a bone and you know put him in their movie. He does the same thing with his family. Like I think in all three, all f- four, I think of his first four movies, I think his kids are in it. Are they in Forty Year Old Virgin? I think they are. Yeah, they are. Um, but, but yeah, so like he puts his own family in the movie, and like he, you know, he's always casting Leslie Mann. Not a bad thing because I think she's fucking, uh, in, like, awesome. I, I love Leslie Mann. Uh, but I mean, it, it can be just a, a, like again, this movie's two hours and twenty minutes long. It it is very very long and not very like funny. It, it's not funny enough to justify the length. I think you could easily trim this down to like one forty five. I think if you take out. Just a lot of like a lot of like the little cameos and the quick cuts, and if you pe- if you kind of like like do some intercutting like pepper in you know 
And like you, you like kind of see it in the first act, you know, a story about um, him and uh, Adam Sandler and Leslie Mann's characters. Uh, so you're like you learn about that in the back in the first act, and then in the second half, that's when like you dive into it. But you know, do some like intertwining, and then like when he finds out he's all better and stuff like that, like he has his new outlook on life and his new perspective, and you know, he's ready to kind of take the next steps. Maybe accept that like he can't be with her, but that's okay. But instead, he just like goes down this path of like self-destruction and it seems like he, like his character arc was actually like pretty interesting so you know he's you know he starts off as an asshole and you know he gets meaner and meaner and meaner but like once he like comes to terms like with everything and he accepts everything he, you know he reconvenes with his family uh he's you know acknowledges that Seth Rogen's character is actually his friend and you know a tr- uh, you know trusted whatever uh, so, like, you kind of start to see him, like, making these, like, little changes in his life, and, like, when he beats the thing, like, great. And, you know, maybe put a little bit after that. Not, like, another, like, hour and a half long story about a guy just, like, trying to fix everything, because, he, like, his... He just turns into an asshole again. And then, like, the very last scene, he's not an asshole, but it's, like... That's, like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't really... The movie is so... Like, this is a really good movie. It's well... I think it's well written. I think Adam Sandler's performance is arguably the best of his career uh, it's I, I mean it's not his like funniest role obviously but as far as you know just uh, you know playing a dr- especially taking a dramatic role just because like you never you rarely see him do it I feel like he does this every couple of years where it's like he'll maybe like every like five years like he'll do like um, you know punch drunk love or something like that and everyone's like wow Adam Sandler's great like he doesn't do comedies and then you know it's so weird like part of like the allure of seeing him do all this stuff is you know, he doesn't really do it that much, so it's it's kind of shocking when you see him do dramatic roles, and he's really good. So you see it with this one, you see it with uh, Punch Drunk Love, and then you see it in like Uncut Gems. Like every couple of years, he like has a series role come out, and people are just like, "Man, Adam Sandler can act. Who knew?" It's like, well, no, he's been a good actor for a long time. But uh, anyway, uh, shit, what was I even talking about before that? I think. Uh, anyways, you know, other characters in the movie. Uh, Seth Rogen, I think he's fine as Ira. Uh, it's just, it's a bit of a, you know, different character than what we're used to seeing, especially at the time from him. You know, usually he's like this big, like, goof. Uh, you know, think like the Knocked Up Days, Pineapple Express, Super Bad. Uh, like, big, like, lovable goof. And, like, obviously he's not big anymore. He got all skinny now. And they, like, they play around with that um, in the movie that, like, he looks weird. <laughs> um,. But I think, you know, the movie had a little more, like, dramatic weight for him, but, uh, I mean, it's a Judd Apatow movie. What's a Judd Apatow movie without Seth Rogen at this point? Um, so, I mean, it, he's good, not great. I, you know, he's been funnier. He, like, I, li- I like his character as, like, you know, having gone through, like, the stand-up comedy, like, world and stuff like that, like, I, like I'm able to, like, relate to his character a little more than I was before. I still don't think his character is that funny uh, in particular, but... Uh, he's he gets to play straight man a lot more than often uh, in this movie, even though he's like playing a straight man to an asshole, and the asshole is not incredibly fun. I don't know, but it's I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just talking in circles right now, but uh, but yeah, I think the movie definitely just needs to be trimmed down. That's my biggest flaw with it is that it's just too long, like and it's so like, and it's so easy to like cut stuff out of this, but. I don't, I, I don't know, man. Like, But I still like it, you know? It's funny enough. It is... You know, it's a cool world, the world of stand-up comedy. I think it's 
it's really just that last act that I, that kind of bugs me just because it's so just long depressing and unnecessary and it kind of it just ends the movie on a bummer um, but no it's I, I do like this movie I, first time I actually saw this movie I actually snuck into it I think I was let's see 2009 I would have been like 16 16, 17 something like that uh, my friends and I would like we got to the theater and well I, I know I wasn't 17 because I snuck into it uh, but like we were like just super fucking nervous that like we were going to get ID'd and then like they were going to call the cops or something because I guess that like that's what we thought would happen uh, and then I go up there because you know I was the biggest one of us and I just looked the oldest and they just sold, you know, sold me the tickets no problem and we were just like oh that was super easy <laughs> uh, so really not worth getting upset over that was at that, uh, that was at the Lawrence uh, movie theater I missed that place the, the theater in Lawrence Mass it's closed down now uh, I believe the parking lot's being used as some kind of a like an RV rental blot or something like that I'm not 100% sure but uh, no it's a bummer that that theater's closed down uh, all right, so why don't we get to some did you knows, um, and let's roll. Okay, first did you know. Uh, Judd Apatow and Adam Sandler are former roommates. The footage seen in the opening sequence was recorded back then. Sandler would regularly make prank phone calls, and one day Apatow decided to start filming them. Uh, this is one of the coolest things that I like about this movie is uh, Judd Apatow and Adam Sandler's background, like, not playing, like... They're, like this, like cool, like archival stuff. Uh, I've seen of, like seeing like Adam Sandler, uh, and like it uses like real footage of like you know like they said like the prank phone calls at the beginning, and then there's old clips of like his stand-up from like the uh, you know the uh, like early late '80s, early '90s. So it's like it's cool to like see that and see that it's real, and then you know you see you're kind of like able to fill in the gaps of that early stuff with Adam Sandler's career, uh, you know, with George Simmons, where, he, where he's at now, because you've seen Adam Sandler's career pan out. So, like, you know the kind of movies he does. You know the kind of, like, silly, you know, humor he has. So, like, you're almost caught up to speed, like, once you, you're introduced to George Simmons. It's just like, okay, this is just Adam Sandler playing Adam Sandler, a fictionalized version of Adam Sandler. So I think that stuff's really cool. Uh, obviously, you know, who, you know, who could have seen that, you know, these two guys would have been you know, two of the biggest names in comedy uh, when they were living together in an apartment, you know, during their startup days uh, in New York. Uh, just, I, I thought that was very cool to use. I'm surprised he even, you know, still had it. But, uh, no, I think that stuff's very funny. Like, you see, Adam, like, Adam Sandler, like, calling the, uh, you know, he's doing his, like, old lady voice and he's doing, uh, like, that roast beef routine. Fucking hysterical way to start the movie. Uh, but, no, I, I love that. I love that stuff. Um, that that's one of the things that Judd Apatow does really well is like he's able to in incorporate like his own life into the movie. He does it too much, I think. You know, especially like like a lot of the stuff in the movie, he's like just he's just kind of like showing off his kids. Like the like the scene where uh, uh, like his daughter singing that song from Cats doesn't really do anything. Uh, like it's you know, like he just wants to show something that his daughter did, and that's fine, uh, but. If he's going to be able to do that, then I'm going to be able to criticize him. All right, second, did you know? Jeez, um, I still have this. Uh, all right, second, did you know? Adam Sandler turned down the role of Donnie in *Inglorious Bastards* to play George Simmons in this film. Eli Roth took over the Danny role. So we briefly talked about this. I think it was in the, um, I think it was on the Cinderella Man episode. Uh, we brought this up. I'm not really sure how it came up. Oh, because we were talking about. 
Max Bear and you know was the Bear Jew based off of him in Glorious Bastards. And I told uh, our dear friend Will, our senior uh, Jewish movie correspondent, uh, you know, told him that because uh, I had known this one beforehand, so it was cool to like go back and say like, hey, like I love watching people's reaction when you find out that Adam Sandler was almost the Bear Jew. Uh, and then he ended up just doing this instead. <laughs> like I would have, I would love to see Adam Sandler just get fucking cut uh, for a movie. Just like he just like drops like the everyman look that he's always got, and he just gets fucking yoked out of his mind. And just starts bashing people into the baseball bat. That's still just like such a funny image to me. Uh, I think he would do well. <laughs> I don't know about the transformation part, but uh, no, he's a very talented actor. I think he would have been. You know, apparently Quentin Tarantino's only got one more movie left in the tank. He's made this whole thing in his career about like he's only going to do ten movies. He's released ten, but Kill Bill he counts as one movie. Um, so I think he's only got one more, and I think you gotta try and get Adam Sandler in there. Just try and figure something out. Come on, uh, we're we're all dying to see it. Uh, but anyway, I just I fucking love that. <laughs> uh, but Eli Eli Roth ended up being you know pretty damn good at it, so uh, that was entertaining. And the third and final, did you know Judd Apatow made Clark, uh, played by Eric Bana, uh, Australian to allow Bana to improvise more easily. Uh, okay, so this is one of the things that Judd Apatow like I don't enjoy about Judd Apatow in his casting. Like he, because he's he's always been able to get big names, uh, you know, to work with them. But here it's just like, why Eric Bana? <laughs> like I feel like he's not funny. He's not funny at all in this movie. He's actually really fucking annoying. Uh, like, there's one scene where he just, like, he's saying something in Australian, I don't know, and then he just ends it with, like, fuck. Like, it is cringeworthy. You know, just, like, listening to this guy in this movie. And he's not, he's just not funny. He's not a funny dude. Uh, he doesn't really fit, you know, the mold of, like, the rest of the movie. Like, he just kind of, like, you know, it, it seems like he had extra budget uh, money in, you know, money in the budget. He's like, all right, who's a good-looking guy we can get to play this guy? All right, get Eric Bana. Let's, you know, don't mind getting someone funny, but let's just get this guy, and then let's make him Australian. Like, it doesn't really make sense in the movie, but, I mean, knowing that, like, okay, that that's fine, but he completely does not need to be Australian. I mean, it kind of, ju- maybe it justifies him, you know, being abroad so much, but I just, I don't know. I don't like his character. He's very annoying. <laughs> I don't think Eric Bana's very funny. I actually am not, like, I'm not the biggest Eric Bana fan to begin with. I I mean, I like him as Hoot in uh, Black Hawk Down, but, you know, there's not a ton more of his movies. Let's You know what, let's whip out the old IMDb machine here. I'm going to go through some of his movies, and I just, I don't know. I'm, again, I, I'm trying not to be a hater, but uh, I'm not a big Eric Bana guy. All right, so recently, let's see, he's done, he did Dirty John season of that which Brennan and I watched and it, it was more like I, I kind of like hate watched it like it was one of those things where it's like they just end the show the, like each episode on a cliffhanger so you're just like fuck I, I know I hate this but I, I gotta watch the next one uh, let's see he was in King Arthur uh, but he wasn't playing King Arthur he was in was he in The Finest Hours? I guess he was in The Finest Hours that's a pretty good movie you can find it on Disney Plus uh, Lone Survivor he's in that I think he plays one of the officers uh, you know, that's a good movie, but that's not really, like, him that makes it great. Uh, he's in the Star Trek, uh, the new Star Trek remix. Uh, Munich. Troy. Plays Tr- Troy's, you know what, Troy, it's on HBO Max right now, and I've been meaning to watch it, but it's, like, over two and a half hours long, so I'm not super, 
excited to watch. I don't know. I just I, I need to find the time to actually do it. And I think his most famous role is probably uh, the Hulk. That's fine. You know, I I actually really enjoyed uh, the original Hulk movie. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, haven't watched it in a long time, but I did actually really enjoy that. So, uh, and then looks like it's just a bunch of Australian shit uh, up until then. So, but yeah, Eric Banner, not the biggest fan, but I think he was very very miscast in this movie. Uh, and that is me getting off my soapbox. Now it is time to rate the movie on a scale of one to five hazmats, and I'm gonna give it a. When was the last time I just gave out a solid three? Like, this is a very average movie. It's funny. Funny parts, good one-liners. The funniest part, the funniest character in the movie, I think, is Jonah Hill. Um, plays Leo, I think, think is his character's name. And he's just, he's got that, like, classic, like, Jonah Hill, just, like, offhanded comments, like, one-liners. Just, you know, throw some zingers in there. I wish there was more of that in this movie. Um, but, Jonah, like, I think he's the funniest character in the movie, but he's only, like, a tertiary character, so, you know... It just kind of is what it is. Uh, if you can hear that right now in the background, I'm doing laundry right now, so that's my dryer. Um, sorry, <laughs> I, I'm eating all the pantyhose. I'm doing laundry. This is just this is such a shitty episode. <laughs> oh man! All right, so but yeah, three and a half. Uh, again, runtime is the biggest thing with me uh, for this movie. It's just so fucking long. Uh, I, you know, parts are funny. And not, you know, not to say that the, uh, the dramatic stuff is all that bad. Like, there is an interesting story there. Uh, there's just too much of it. Uh, I just think it needs to be cut down upon. Like, it's a movie that, like, it is trying so hard to be hilarious throughout, but, like, a lot of the bits just don't land, I feel. Uh, I, I will give Judd Aptow credit where his credit is due, though. Uh, love the music in this movie. Uh, I think he, Judd Aptow's always been very good at uh, using music in his movies, and I think this one is no exception. Well, I think that's going to do it for this one, guys. Uh, thank you all again. Uh, and I should have said something at the beginning of the show, but in the last episode we acknowledged that we just had 1,000 downloads uh, for the entire series. Going through uh, our stats on via my website here, the most downloaded episode we have uh, is the first one, uh, Quarantine, which I find very surprising uh, because that movie is probably, like, the least known. Maybe, well, not the... I think the least known movie that I've done so far is probably Black Sheep, but... That was still one of the best fucking episodes we've done yet, so you go... Ah, oh, fuck, these jalapenos. Uh, go listen to that one. <laughs> um, and I think the second... This one really surprised me. The second most downloaded episode we had was Dances with Wolves. <laughs> I don't know why. It just was. But, uh, but I mean, that was a good movie, I guess. I'm, I was glad to rewatch it, but... I don't know why it's so popular as it is, but okay. Uh, that is going to wrap it up for us. Follow us on it on uh, social media. We're at Quarantinema Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you can also uh, you know, follow the podcast. Uh, we're on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, you name it. We're there. Uh, anyway, guys, well, I'm, I'm going to finish up my laundry. My dryer's being really fucking loud right now. Uh, all right, so don't be a hero. Stay inside. Watch a movie.